This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Hello, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, a lot of news. Um, just a uh, quick recap over the weekend. Um, seems like it's like Wednesday, but it's Monday. Okay. Um, went to Wisconsin. We had a huge, huge show in, or, uh, event in Wisconsin uh, to get Wisconsin decertified. We have uh, Tim Rantham, that the, uh, the representative there that has put this bill forward. We need to get some senators there. We're going to talk about this show. Call to action, Wisconsin. Go down here on Frank's speech. Click on your state of Wisconsin, call, write, email your legislatures and say, get on board with Tim and um, let's get Wisconsin pulled down, decertified. It's like they're working hard down in Arizona. That one's on the table there. And uh, we, we keep getting more and more on there every day to get uh, them decertified. Um, they, um, um, also, if you guys need to watch, it's right here on Frank's speech. If you watch, if you go down, it's posted. Um, let me look here. Um, Brandon, that, that speech I did this weekend. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Representative Tim Rappin's, um announcement endorsement speech by Mike Lindell. I endorsed this Timothy Rampman to be the governor of Wisconsin. If you, if you watch this, you guys, Tim Rampman would be a prototype of the, the, for me, the, the politician that everyone, we should have across the board, across our country. I mean, and he's been in politics, he's proven, he talks the walk, walks the talk, and he, uh, and uh, everything, I just had check boxes in the audience when he spoke, like, wow, check, 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 check. And the crowd went crazy, the crowd loves him, and he's proved it to us, to the, with not only Wisconsin, but the United States of America, that he stood up and said, let's decertify Wisconsin. All the corruption and the evidence in Wisconsin. Remember, the, um, just because the CCP and, uh, and uh, others stole this election through the cyber thief, through the machines, they still had to have a lot of help with the ground game with uh with the mail-in ballots and the drop boxes, sucker bucks, drop boxes, and so on. So, um, but Brandon, we got good news. What's that? We uh, everybody, we have good news. As you know, tomorrow, today we sent my we we worked hard, everybody, on on uh, filling a truck full of pillows, my my pillows to go to Ottawa, where it's still going on. Remember, I told. I told everybody, I said, don't settle to get half your freedoms back. Now they've opened up Ontario with the vaccine. That's what I'm going to tell you in a minute. Um, but I said, don't settle. But anyway, we're, we are heading up there. I was just talking to the other room about it two hours ago. And I've been on the phone for two hours trying to get this. How are we going to get this truck across the border um, with the vaccine still there in place? And uh, my driver doesn't want to, uh, he's not going to get a vaccine. And uh Anyway, they're heading up there. Well, the news just came out. Uh, this one here was, uh, let's see, it was posted uh, this afternoon. It was just updated. They did Ontario, you guys, to end COVID proof of vaccination March 1st. The mask mandate to remain in place. Let me tell you what this means. It, to get into Canada, you don't have to be vaccinated now. And let me tell you, then they changed it just 20 minutes ago, Brandon. You might not know this. I'm getting, I think I'm getting updates faster than you. It's amazing. <laughs> and um, so this was just in, you guys. I'm just excited about this one. Ontario moving to next phase of reopening on February 17th. They were going to make it March 1st. Now they moved it to February 17th. They And they said, here's what they said. They said, we... we this has nothing to do. Maybe you can pull it up, Rand, if you have yeah, it. it. Um, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Let's show everybody the big, the big, the, how they're going to talk. Now they're going to feed us this propaganda lies. The um, quote, the removals 
of these measures has always been our objective and something we have collectively been working toward for months now, in quote, Ford said at a press conference on Monday. Quote, let me be very clear. We're moving in this direction because it's safe to do so, in quote. In other words, it has nothing to do with the protests. Right. Right. And they, this is all over the news right now, you guys. What, what they're lying about, they said, you know, this has nothing to do with Ottawa and Windsor. We were looking at lifting the restrictions coming into our country. Big lie. They've been locked down. I have missed two years in a row. You guys, I want to tell you how it affects all kinds of businesses and all kinds of uh, people. Every year I go to Canada, Ontario, and uh, I'm with my dad since I was 11 years old on fishing trip to uh, northern Ontario. And I take my son now, my nephew, and my family, and, and for the last uh, couple years we have not been able to go because of that, you have to be, first, nobody got in. Then they say you had to be vaccinated to go in. Well, guess what that did to the, uh, I talked to the, uh, there's an Indian village way in northern Canada where we go. There's like, oh, I've got to befriend them in the tribe. There's probably 500, 600, 500 or 600 people in the, uh, in the tribe. And I, they, they rely 100% or like 90-some percent on everyone from the U.S. coming up there for their fishing trade. And then in the winter for other things, for hunting and so on. They're just decimated, Brandon. They're just absolutely decimated. And uh, they, um, they, you know, they, they're, I, I couldn't wait to call them. I'm going to call them right after the show here and say, hey, I don't know if you know it, but they've lifted this but vaccine. We have, but we do have breaking news. If you want to show the screen, breaking news. Trudeau has declared martial law against freedom. Well, well, that was the other. That was the other thing. So what you're going to see is what they're doing, you guys. It's a two prong thing here. So they're going to say this is how they work. They're going to act like there was no that the protest didn't manifest to help anything, which it did. It got the vaccine. You can get into Canada now. They just isn't it something that all of a sudden today, today they've been looking at this for a couple years now, everybody. Just today, they're going, you know what? I think it's okay. It's safe to go fishing, you know, in the middle of a lake in Canada, and no COVID's going to come up, and the China virus is going to bite you in the head, you know? It, but they just today, they've been looking at it for a long time, Brandon. Oh, yeah. But now, now, how about this? Then, remember, they only gave back a little bit. I don't know if the other, remember, in Saskatchewan, and I believe it was Alberta, um, they did lift some of the restrictions there earlier this week. And you guys, what they're only doing, I'll bet you if you live in Ottawa, you know, Trudeau, that's his main, you know, let's not, let's not give it all up, right? Let's, let's not give it all up. Let's not go, let's not give everybody their freedoms back. Let's take them all away and we'll give back a few. And so what does he do, everybody? Show it again. He just declared martial law. Trudeau has declared martial law against freedom convoy protests. And here's the deal. This is a, uh, something that has not been done, I think, except for one other time. Trudeau is invoking an executive order that was formerly called the War Measures Act. Uh, the Emergency Act is rebranded, used, used during two world wars and in 1970 when military, uh, militant Quebec separatists kidnapped a British diplomat. So, in fact, here's just a quick little statement by him. Has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. Well, that's Castro's son, apparently. Yeah, he makes it. May, he makes me sick. Makes me sick. You want to just vomit on people like him? The evil in this world, pure evil. That man, about as evil as they come. And here, every instead of just saying, "Hey, we understand your protest. We're going to lift the vaccine. We're going to, you know, lift all this all this mandate garbage." And, and put your install your freedoms back. Remember, everybody, Canada. You have on a scale. You have Venezuela. When they when the election machines came into Venezuela, Smartmatic came there in the early 2000s. They took Venezuela in two years. Venezuela will never come back, ever, unless the U.S. doesn't fall to these machines in the election of 2022, and they get banned worldwide. These election machines, computers for elections. 
then you might be able to get Venezuela back. But they're they're the worst. It's it's as bad as it gets. They went from the the most beautiful country to our freedoms, everything taken in the early 2000s. Then you have we all know our friends in Australia. What's going on there? You have Australia where drones come down, tell you to go back in your house, and you've been outside of your perimeter. They're taking people's land. It's not martial law there, but it just is like martial law. Then you have Canada. The freedoms in Canada finally said enough is enough. You have the industry, like the trucker industry, Brandon. Everything, you guys, when when this administration um, got rid of the pipeline, the, the gas pipeline, and, and 50,000 union jobs, and when they did that, everyone's going, well, we know gas is going to go up. But it's not just the price of gas. It's everything that's affected by the price of gas. Everything. You combine that with truckers. So now, remember, that those mandates on those trucker, Brandon, was to do what? If they didn't want to get vaccinated, they're just going to say, hey, there's no more truckers. We don't care, just like they were doing with, the, with every industry. They want to destroy our country and countries. This world order is what we're looking at. This this it's it's disgusting, it's evil, and it's come it's everywhere. You can see it. Everybody can see it with their own eyes. You take away. You start in New York, which I heard New York's thinking of maybe backing off on their on that um, on their mandates. Just think, you're in New York. You went through complete lockdown for what I don't know year year and a half. Then you got a restaurant, and all of a sudden your restaurant can be open, and they put it in. You can't come in there unless you've had a shot. So all these people can't eat in your restaurant. Now your restaurant can't get workers because they don't want to take the shot. So now your restaurant does what? It goes under. But in the meantime, if it's not under, now you have the gas thing working out here where all the shipping, your supplies, your food supplies for your restaurant, all your raw materials, everything. You got ships sitting off both coasts that they block and they, and they're, they're, um, from getting into our country. And then you have all these truckers that they want to put these mandates on to eliminate more truckers. Do you, does anyone realize what that's going to do to our economy? You're going to talk triple-digit inflation if there is such a thing. You're going to go, you know, it's going to be crazy. It's going to go, this, you know, and and this is where we're going. I view what happens, is happening right now the last couple of weeks as one a great victory for all of the world, actually. Um, because when they, Ontario can say all they want, that they lifted these mandates today, they lifted the vaccine thing, uh, just because it was the right thing to do it for medically wise, medical wise, had nothing to do with the, with what the truckers are doing, Brandon. Yes. You know what? I'll take it. I will take it. You know what I mean? If they want to sit over there and, and spew out their nonsense and say it had nothing to do with that, instead of saying, hey, well, the people have spoke. The people don't want this. The people don't. We want our freedoms. And and um, I'm very proud of Canada. I'm proud of what they did up there because they. Uh, I didn't expect it. And But I guess when you get a group like the truckers and uh, they were able to really – but it's sad when you protest. Isn't it funny, Brandon, that the left, uh, the left is all about protests. They can burn down cities around yeah. the world. Burn down cities. Portland, my city here in Minneapolis, they let it burn to the ground. They let it burn to the ground. Our mayor and our governor, rotten governor of Minnesota, and our criminal, uh, I call him criminal mayor of Minneapolis. I mean, they let they let it burn down. They let our precinct burn down. Our, you know, they... Um, the police, uh, um, the um, all of Lake Street, pretty much, uh, thousands and thousands of businesses burned down. They're still empty. My friends that grew up in Minneapolis, they, they had got out of a, got their lives better. Let them burn down. And they called it then, I think they even peaceful called it peaceful protest. Protest. Peaceful, peaceful protest. Peaceful protest. As yeah. buildings are burning. And then I think even, I think some of this administration, I heard, could be fake news. I don't know. But I heard they were bailing these people out of jail back then, you know, if I remember correctly. So, you know, here you have the left going, oh, yeah, these protests, protests, peaceful protests. You couldn't ask for a more peaceful protest than these truckers. I've heard nothing other other than, hey, you got to listen to us or we're shutting the economy down before you do, Trudeau. 
Do you see, does everyone see what can happen if you, if the truckers, if you block off your trucking? Well, yep. that's what he was going to do. Yep. He was going to do it. If you don't get a shot, if you don't listen to me and get a shot inside of your truck, you know, these people that are sitting there working from home that, um, uh, you know, I'll wait later in the show to pick on Fox, um, you know, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, in fact, Brandon, do we, uh, you know, I wonder what, I wonder if this is news today. Let's go, guys. I think we should all beam in and see if what's going on over at Fox and if they're talking about um, these mandates and stuff. You know, they're so pro. They're so pro vaccine. Do we have? Do we know what's going on over at Fox, Brandon? Yeah, we we should look to see what's going on over there. Logan, do we have a feed of Fox? Let's go to the feed. See what Fox is talking about tonight. <laughs> oh, that's what they're doing at Fox tonight. <laughs> All right, well, we'll check back with them later, see if they're doing more. That, that, yeah, that doesn't surprise me a bit when there's big news going on like this. All of you on Facebook, we beamed into Fox, and it was those lines that come on the TV when you're, you know, we're out. Sorry, the color folks. bars, the color bars and a tone. The that's color it. bars, everybody. Oh, unreal, oh, wow. unreal. Hey, we got two more news stories, and Brian, Brian is on board, ready to go, but two more news stories. This one's breaking, too, today, uh, Mike. Look at this. I don't know if you've heard this one yet. This is a piece of legislation, House Resolution 919. Uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib, and others are involved in sponsoring this. And this is to declare unconditional war on racism and in invidious discrimination and providing for the establishment of a cabinet-level Department of Reconciliation charged with eliminating racism. Okay, now this, this is about reparations. This is going to be about more tax and taxing capitalists as being racist and going after businesses, hiding the word uh, tax under, uh, you know, fighting racism. So they actually want to make it a department, a cabinet level, the office of... The, uh, Elon Omar and the rest of them are the most racist people we have. We don't, we're not a racist country. It's those people that are the racist. I'm serious. I live, I live in her state here in Minnesota. And I'm telling you, you don't think it's racist when you burn down, let those buildings burn downtown. All my friends, all my black friends that we I grew up with down there, just crazy what they let do, what they let go on. They don't care. They're, this is all a joke. This is We're about not Marxism. A racist. This the is people, about Marxism. Yeah, the people in this country, we are not a racist country. I'll tell you, Brandon, I got 2,700 employees, and it's uh, it's blacks, Hispanics, it's um, Asian, white. Uh, you got all kinds of politics. You got Democrats, Republicans, conservative, liberal. We are people. We are no. We, what this has done, the crap like Elon Omar puts out there, and on the stuff that they put out there with this administration, all it's doing is uniting the people. If there was anything before, you can go downtown. I can walk downtown. Are uh, we racist? They're going. What? No, they just say we are. It's just a big propaganda crap that's going on. Absolutely, and so it's and it's. You heard me say you heard me say crap now twice. I probably don't even get that far ever. But I mean, I get so frustrated when they when they feed this narrative of garbage out there. This is oh true. yeah, we're a racist country. You know, give yeah. me a break. And and here's yeah. here's one other story before we go to Brian. This is from the Daily Mail today. Levi's brand president Jennifer Say gets fired for speaking out against COVID measures for kids. Refused. Listen to this. Refused one million dollars. To stay quiet after relocating from California to Denver so her children could have a normal childhood. She she was offered a million dollars to be quiet. She I guess she relocated from San Francisco to Denver. And uh, she wouldn't be quiet for a million dollars. And I guess she's lost her job as the Levi's brand president for speaking well, we out. Love, we love hiring people when they the other people, like, you know, if they let go for stuff like that. We got the great Emma Robinson coming over here from Newsmax. You know, that was Levi's. I've heard some really bad thing about Levi's, everybody. I mean, you can, I don't know if they, uh, you could put them right up there with uh, some pretty bad brands. And uh, I don't, I don't think you have to look too far on the internet to find it. You know. Well, our first guest, or I guess our only guest tonight, is uh, Brian. Brian is with us, and I'm going to introduce Brian to you. Brian is um, has 10 years of experience working as a CPA, Certified Public Accountant. His particular area is auditing, and uh, he got involved with uh, auditing the elections because, 
Well, he saw some things that just didn't make sense based on his background. His name is Brian uh, Brian Gills. Brian, welcome. It's G-E-E-L-S is how you spell his last name. Brian, welcome to Lindell Report. Hi, Mike. Hi, Brandon. Great to have hey, you. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brian, Happy good to have you aboard. Glad to have you with us, Brian. So tell us your story, Brian. You're, you're a CPA, but now all of a sudden you're involved in the election fraud issue. How did that happen? Yeah, so I was working for a large international CPA firm and, and uh, decided that that wasn't for me anymore and, and wanted to start my own business. I uh, quit my job at the end of October and the very next week was the election. And my experience really is in auditing and um, using data analytics to quantify risk. Um, and that's what I specialized in. I've made a career out of it. And the week after the election, or the week after I quit the election and, you know, we, what we saw overnight, we saw wild swings and I just wanted to study that. I didn't really know what had happened, but I wanted to investigate that and see, see what happened. And, and, and so when uh, you went to research that, did you see that Google and other groups had done things to hide the information from you? Yeah. So I use Google a lot in my job. You know, if I don't know how to do something using technology, I'm going to Google it just like a lot of us millennials uh, typically do. But when I was searching on this topic, I couldn't find anybody working on it. It was kind of alarming because uh, I knew I wasn't the only one who was interested. Do you, do you, oh, it was. Do you think Fox News was working on it? <laughs> well, well they, wait, they a minute, a, wait a minute, wait a minute, just a second. I, um, uh, Logan, Logan, you said they're doing. What are they doing at Fox now? Tap into that feed over there. What are they doing? Oh, same thing. <laughs> Same Something thing. Never change. Sorry, that's sorry. We thought we had breaking was, news there hey, for a minute, Brian. Hey, that, hey, Brian, that's what happened on November 4th with Fox last year. That just went e when it's when you say when you ask about the 2020 election, it's very interesting. You're the first one I've heard that is sad that you Google stuff back then because I was uh, I was reaching into other ways. I was looking at states. I, I've seen stuff come across the night of the election. Like, wait a minute, this county's left to be counted. And then I, I looked at the tradition of that county, and I'm going, wow, Trump's going to win that. All of a sudden, it comes back the next day, and he loses by 75%, you know. It was crazy. It was crazy. And I just wanted to get connected to people working on it. I wasn't connected uh, previously. You know, I've been working in the business world. And, yeah, it was kind of alarming to me. There was nothing. I couldn't find it on Google. So wow, am, I, wow. am I right that you wrote up a, a preliminary affidavit or something? Is that right, Brian? That's right. So I ended up getting connected through my wife. My w wife was connected to a uh, U.S. representative out of, out of Illinois, and she texted and, and uh, got the intro to Mark Meadows. And, and uh, next thing I know, Mark Meadows was calling my cell phone. Huh. And it ex escalated very quickly. I gave him the pitch. He liked what he heard, and, and he plugged me into Georgia. And then, by the way, Mark Meadows at the time was serving as White House Chief of Staff, for those who maybe don't remember, correct? Right. That's Let me, right. I'm going yeah, to ask you, so, so Brian, so if you, if you got hooked up to Mark Meadows in Georgia there, did you have, to, did you have anything to do with um, the very famous call, which I believe 100% proves the criminal that Brad Rassenberger is, uh, you know the call I'm talking about. The, uh, the president had read all these statistics on there, and and these facts that came out of Georgia, and he just goes, just give me, just give me one of uh, one of them, or just give me one. I only lost by eleven thousand seven hundred thirty. Find one, and the, and then they go that I think it was Cleta Mitchell says, well, um, uh, sir, or no, Brad Rasper says, well, they're the wrong numbers, and the president said, where's the right numbers? And, or where do we get these from? And Cleta goes, sir, we got them from her, from him, meaning Brad Rasenberg. Um, yes, did you, all, all the numbers were from his website. They were all from him. From they were all from Brad Rasenberger's website. That, that's right. We just downloaded them right from the Secretary of State website. Wow! And, now, uh, does everybody? I, I want everybody to absorb that the numbers that he was reading was from Brad um, Rasenberger's website. <laughs> and I've been saying this all along. And then everybody needs to know this. They taped. They secretly taped that. That conversation, everybody, they leaked a, a, a soundbite. It made it look like the president was just finding some illegal votes or something. And uh, if you listen, then the whole tape leaked out. So then the whole tape, you're going, 
um, yeah, why, why won't? And then he said, when are you going to give us the real numbers? And he, they never came, did they? That's right. So that phone call actually is, is when things started happening. That lawsuit was filed in early December. It was filed on December 4. It had a whole bunch of findings. I wasn't the only expert they were relying on, but my stuff was certainly featured throughout the lawsuit. And, uh, you know, the months or the weeks that followed, nothing happened. There was no communication with the secretary of state. He basically wrote a response that tarnished all the experts. He said that we weren't qualified to say what we were saying, but all we were doing was taking information from his website and telling the people right. what it said. Well, that's, and that's why, hold it. And that's why everybody, when, when the president said, well, when are we going to get the real numbers? He couldn't give the real numbers because he had already given the real numbers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that phone call, the real numbers. So that phone call so actually I, got me on, on a flight out to Georgia. And uh, I was supposed to sit down with the secretary of state. So at the end of that phone call, I don't know if anyone listened to the entire thing. Uh, the I secretary did. of state actually had agreed to sit down with the president's expert. And I was that expert to fly out. You were there. that expert. That's oh, right. wow. Wow. Hold on, we might have to keep you on here the whole hour. They, Brad, I, I have been looking for someone that was that was uh, that that whole thing with Ratzenberger. I mean, so you were that expert. Then what did he call you and say? His office said, "Sorry, we're not going to meet." Or did you go all the way out there? I went all the way out there with the understanding that I was going to be sitting down finally with the Secretary of State. And I, you know, I figured when we filed this lawsuit in early December that this conversation would have happened a week later, but it right. didn't. And uh, yeah, it took, took the president getting on the phone with him to get him to agree to that. Well, I got right. there and early the, that morning when I got there, it was Sunday morning, uh, we got a call from, from the Washington Post and they said they had the phone call. So, so if they had the phone call, then how can, is that why they said they wouldn't meet with you or what? Well, at that point, uh, you know, shortly after it got leaked to the press, and to the Washington Post, and they posted the article, and, and then all the nasty Graham text messages and, and the threats started coming from the left. So we right, had to right. pick up and, and move because everyone knew where we were and all the individuals oh, wow. working on the case, all the lawyers, a couple right. of them that I was working with actually lost their jobs uh, wow. as being on that phone call. Right. Well, you know what? I've been, uh, I've been on the receiving side of a few attacks myself. Hey, Brian, <laughs> is, it, is it true, Brian, that if, we, if you use just the Secretary of State's data, that his own data shows problems with the vote? That, that is 100% correct. Can you there, explain that? Definitely irregularities, illegalities. In my report, I had uh, 23 different categories of votes that I thought were risky and that needed some more work done by the Secretary of State to look into those. There was 10 categories uh, and 97,000 votes that I identified that if we depend and rely on the data that was published by the Secretary of State, that they should not have counted because they were uh, breaking rules. They were breaking laws. They were irregular. They were breaking laws of nature. Uh, they, you know, they were telling a story that, that didn't line up with reality. So, so that was what we were asking is for the Secretary of State to look into these things. And um, basically, he didn't do it. Right. So, Brian, I want to ask you. So these were things like non-residents or people that are deceased or minors or, or things like that, or, or when you say irregularities. What, so one of the biggest irregularities that I had identified wasn't even the dead people. So one of, the dead people were, was one of the 23 categories that I had, had uh, mentioned in the, in the report. But that was an up to number. And we didn't have the information from the Secretary of State to be able to perform the real analysis there. So the purpose right. of putting that in there was to say to the Secretary of State, hey, sir, you need to do this analysis. We know there's more than two. The Secretary of State actually right. Right. Out and said there's two. We know there's right. more than two. I actually identified 873 uh, right. for sure with a first name, last name, address, and year of birth match. Right. Sir, you need to look at this. Um, right. So, so. A lot of the, the stuff he would refute, he would, you know, take the 10,000 number and say he refuted that, but that wasn't what, what was being said. Right, right. So, so well, the, the, the key one, though, the, the one that people aren't paying attention to, the one the Secretary of State is ignoring, denying, um, not doing anything about, is we found 80,000 people who were on the 2020 registration list, um, and they had a date added prior to the 2016 election. 
So if I do a comparison to the uh, re registration file from the 2016 election, you would expect those people to be there. Well, for 80,000 people who voted, they weren't there. And the, the data added was supposedly prior to the 2016 election. So at that point, as an auditor, I know that there's either manipulation going on, it's bad data, but how can we do forensics? How can we do any analysis on this field if it's not producing <laughs> results that, that line up with reality? Right, right. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> okay, I want to ask you this then. The frustration, I mean, and then, and then does it surprise you right now that old Brad Rassenberger, as soon as they find uh, those 242 um, boxes that Suckabuck brought in or whatever that were with the cameras and, and all your ballot harvesting that went on with the movie coming out by Dinesh now, 2,000 meals or whatever. With that, which is 100% evidence, even a whistleblower says they got $10 a ballot. Is it, doesn't it strike you funny that all of a sudden old Brad Rasper goes, here, I'm going to look into this. He's not your attorney general. He's your secretary of state. Or I, right. I, I don't know if you live in Georgia, but he's not there. He's their secretary of state. So he takes it in, everybody. He says, I'm going to look into this. And then it says, it's one little blip on the news. Um, probably on our news. I'm sure, I'm sure this, you know, Fox was saying the same thing. Zero. Um, in fact, let's look, Brandon, let's see what Fox said about those, about those whistleblowers in Georgia and the 242 um, uh, ballast harvesters, which is a felony in Georgia. What did Fox have to say about that? Let's, let's go back a couple weeks ago and see what they said. Yeah, roll that tape. Uh, yeah, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Some things never change over at Fox. They don't. Now, let me tell you. So old Brad, you know, isn't it funny, Brian? I'm sure you've seen this in the news. So old Brad sits on this. Of course, he wants to sit on it past what? Past the 2022 election, everybody. That's all the game they're playing. Let's shove the machines down the road, shove the cyber things down the road. Now, so Brad, the case is the case you're talking about, that Curly case, is that, what case is that? Is that your case or that's a total different case? No, so, so, uh, Trump's official lawsuit, I was on the official Trump lawsuit, is the Trump v. Raffensperger case in Georgia. Huh. And it was basically, they weren't even talking about machines. Um, they were right. just talking about irregularities in the data and illegalities, right. stuff that didn't align with, uh, right. with the law of Georgia. Right. Well, they, well, okay, so this case here, this is where they're holding that Halderman report, everybody. The Halderman report, which they came out and said, Halderman came out and said, these machines are defective. They're used in all these other states. They should be used in the 2022 election. He has a report that the judge had kept under wraps and frozen, right? So the judge wasn't going to let it out. Now, just last week, Rassenberger pops in to make himself look good. goes, hey, I want you to release that report. We, you know, tells that to the judge. So then the feds come in after they talked to Brad, I'm sure, and said, yeah, we'll take that report, but we're not going to release it to the public. We're going to let Dominion and Halderman talk about it. I mean, it's insanity. I'm going to ask you this. Um, when you talk about machines, I'm going to ask this, Brian. Uh, don't worry. We, won't, we don't get kicked off of YouTube here at Frank's Speech. We're, we're our own people, right? So you can say Dominion. You can say you want on our station. But... um. I'm going to ask you, you looked into all these irregularities, um, just like me. I'm going to tell you, after from November 4th on, I, I looked into many, many things. But one of the things that bothered me, there were so many non-residents in like four states I looked at where they said non-residents had voted. So it could mean they voted twice. I don't know what it means. But one of the things I thought to myself was, People are genuinely good people. People didn't march across from Minnesota into Wisconsin and go, hey, let's go commit a, commit a crime and vote for Biden. That's not realistically. I'm going to ask you if there's, with all the irregularities that you've seen, do you think, could this have been done without machines or computers? Or, or do you think it was an army of people that just did this? Or what would be your opinion? If you had to, if you had to guess and you got... A million dollar prize for guessing it right. <laughs> well, I I don't know. Um, so I, I do think there is certainly evidence of, of some massive, something massive going on. I did a high level risk assessment when I looked at by county by county, by vote type. And I was just right. looking at the movement of votes. 
Democrats to Republicans. What did they do in 2016? What are they doing now in 2020? And what I found was on the mail-in side, in all 159 counties except for six, there was a shift of 15 points towards the Democrat. And this includes all red counties, all everywhere, except for six counties. And you know where those six wow. counties were? So you, know, so you had a 15% shift, even in red counties. So everybody loved, everybody equally loved Biden 15% more. Yeah, well, there was noise there, but, but yes. But the only six counties where it actually trended towards Trump was the heavy Democrat areas in 2016. So the areas that had 80 plus percent Democrat votes in 2016, those ones would shift towards Trump. Well, yeah, because you had to boil the water and you got to boil it right, right? You can, you know. Uh, so so uh, I would say that that right there would prove that there's potentially prove that there's something like that going on. I don't I don't in, have any in, evidence in with to computers, say. What we're saying and what the reason I ask you that is because we already have evidence of that. This is what I've been telling him. We have all the cyber evidence. It was every single state, all 50 states. You don't, if, you know, you being a CPA, like, you know, I look at, I look at deviations every single day of my pill. I have over 5,000 TV and radio stations. I get up in the morning. I look at my charts. I can literally glance down and say, uh, gee, uh, this, uh, this Dubuque, Iowa, uh, newspaper did three times more sales than normal. I'm, it's going to pop out. I'm going to go, well, there had to be a different input to get a different output. All I do is go, well, or this one, or let's say it's a, um, some ch um, commercial on TV, pick any station, pick CNN in the middle of the night. I don't care what it is. And they're supposed to do $1,000, but they only did, or they did 500 Now you got it. I checked the input. Something had to happen because of the power of numbers or because of previous, the previous history, something changed that. That's mathematics. Well, when you change a whole country and you have this, you can go, I went to so many states, like just what you're telling me in Georgia there, it's across the board. If you took a deviation, if I was going to take Georgia and pick one of those counties and say, um, well, here, I'll give you an example. So let's say if Georgia would have came in um, 3 million for Biden and 100,000 for Donald Trump, everybody would have said what? Hey, there's a computer error. It's impossible, right? Everybody, even even the the craziest person would have said, that's not possible. They wouldn't have even said it's a one in a trillion. They would have said it's a computer error, okay? I'll even make it more. If it was four million to, to two votes for Donald Trump, then, okay? Whatever that bar is, when you have a deviation, everybody's mind is different. So they, so you're going, okay, in order to get away with this massive crime using computers, you got to spread it out or you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. Okay. Just like in, in California, they took 1.5 million votes for Donald Trump to Biden. Highest in the nation. Why could they do that? Because they could do it there because there's room there. Why did what they did in Texas, they conditioned the people with propaganda going, Texas could turn blue, Texas could turn blue. Texas was second, almost a million votes. You know, these are things that I already have. I'm just to put throwing these out there at you, Brian. But I'm saying you being you to understand, I want the people to understand this. They didn't if they just did it in one spot, it would stand out like a sore thumb. This is what happened in the middle of the night on election night. Everything that they had set, they underestimated everybody out there that you were all going to be voting for Donald Trump. It was the biggest. He got over 80 million votes, not Biden. So they underestimated. So he was going to win all these states in spite of this, of, the, of taking all these votes. That's why you had the stoppage. That's why you had the, to backfill. And you had them in Michigan and Wisconsin. You backfilled in Georgia for what happened? Almost a week. You know, you're backfilling votes. I mean... And uh, we just had in, Brian, you know, votes that are coming from overseas. We have it in many counties, but every county we do get their, this information, the overseas um, uh, military vote, if you get, if you uh, getting them in, the ones we've gotten, we've gotten at least four, I believe, four back, four different states, important, they're just the counties, they were 100% Biden. Now, do you think the military over there voted 100% Biden? <laughs> no, I mean, that that's a deviation. Like one, one county was like, 
I don't know, 700 and some people, 700 and some military over there. I think that's a big enough, If you even if you flipped a coin and had a two-headed coin, you'd still probably find a tail in there. I mean, give me a break. I mean, that's crazy. You're going to, by the time you're flipping the coin, someone's going to go, hey, I want to see that coin. You're cheating. There's something terribly wrong here. So it's a, it's just very interesting to see someone. I'm going to ask you this. So you're you were just a you know a citizen, and all of a sudden you get told by the government that you're you know you're not qualified. And you know what are their qualifications when you take their numbers off the website to compare with your investigation? And it doesn't surprise you that a Republican Secretary of State can be so corrupt or criminal or don't. No, I'll put I'll phrase it. Why would you think somebody would do that to tell you that you're that you're not um, um, you're not qualified? And then he lies about what he's saying. You know what? Does it even make sense? Because this has gone around our country. These are Republicans that have done this. I've thought about it a lot, actually, um, in regard to Brad Raffensperger, because, yes, like you, I, I find it hard to believe that a Republican would would do this. I do think right. that the way the political system is set up in Georgia, that secretary of state position is an elected position. So he's in a tough spot. He's taken shots from both sides. He's taken shots from the Democrats. He's being called a racist if he tries to clean up the voter rolls. And he's being you know, he's taking shots from us when he's not doing enough to clean up the voter rolls. And, and it's a tough job. Um, no excuse for not looking into the truth. And, and the, the response right. to our findings was pathetic. He just cherry picked, right. uh, cherry picked things out of our thing, you know, false positives and, and misrepresented claims that we were making to the American people and basically made us look like idiots and, and made us look like trash. And that's just not right. the case. I mean, I, I'm a very well respected CPA. Uh, um, and uh, no one, no one who knows me uh, knows me as somebody who's just out there uh, trying to make stuff up. So, Brian, you right. sent over some graphics. Here's one graphic here, Logan. If you want to show that, now the margin of victory was supposedly like eleven thousand seven hundred and seventy-nine, if I remember correctly. And you're saying you found ninety-seven thousand three hundred eighty-two votes just based on Brad Ratzenberger's own numbers that should have been an issue correct and this is can you explain that, that this? is correct so these, these are the 10 categories that were from my uh, expert report and if and this is if we're trusting what the data says like if the data is not wrong if they're you know if it isn't garbage data these votes shouldn't have counted based on based on what we found and but, then there okay, was but hold on hold on i want to say just so everybody knows the data came from what was reported and it came from a reported from the Secretary of State's office. This was the reported, right? The reported data. Here's who voted, and here's what the public, nothing more to see. Here's who voted. Trust us from this way back. So that's what, so if you, when you say, if the data is true, yeah, we're supposed to believe this garbage, right? Right. It, it, it's, it's kind of baffling how um, trashy the data was. I mean, you shouldn't have, you should have data governance policies to prevent things like the stuff I identified on that slide from happening. Um, the oh, fact that you can have... See, this, can we read some of them, Brandon? What does it say there, yeah, some of those? Suspicious pre-2016 registration. That right there is 86,880. That's the first big green column. Second over from the right, missing registration. That was 4,502. The third yeah. one over is excessively early ballot issuance. That's... 2,664. What does that mean? That's the average layperson. Maybe what does that mean? Excessively early ballot issuance. So, so that means that they sent the ballot out before they were legally allowed to, according to the data. Okay. Uh, the fourth one over vacant mailing address. So that was 2,326. So they did include the mailing address, which would have disqualified the ballot, correct? Y yes, if we can trust the USPS vacant mailing field. Now, I did send out uh, a bunch of uh, postcards, and, and I did get 80 of those back. So that's interesting that I can't even deliver mail to some of these people who supposedly voted by mail. The other one is uh, 907 that are P.O. Box as a residential address, which you can't do. Then you so got Brad, Brad Raffensperger uh, refuted that one by saying uh, Google will show you something else, but we Googled all 907 of those and they're all strip malls at, at uh, like grocery stores. They're not, there's no apartments anywhere.
the next one is uh, uh, 92 ballot acceptance pro uh, proceeds issuance. So in other words, the ballots were accepted before they were put out? Yep. <laughs> 92 of those. 50 ballots acceptance proceeds earliest mailing date. Uh, 29 ballot issuance proceeds ballot application. 13 ballot application proceeds registration. 10 ballot voted outside legal window. Uh, and then you've got a negative 91 adjustment to remove voters in multiple categories, which brings you to your total of 97,382 votes that should have uh, been rejected. And again, these are all based on the Secretary of State's own numbers, correct? Yep, there, there's no arguing with these numbers. Okay, so here is what Rassenberger said to you. False statements on eligible, ineligible voters voting. He said, the president's allies allege that 2,423 people voted who were not registered to vote. The actual number is zero. Voters cannot be given credit for voting in Georgia unless they are registered to vote, end quote. And your reply there, you want to read it or you want me to read it? You can go ahead and read it. Oh, say so you replied, the actual number is not zero. There are 4,052 registration numbers in the voter history file which lists voters who were credited with voting in the November 2020 election who did not appear in the voter registration file, which lists voters who are eligible to vote in the election. These facts are based on the voter history file from the November 28, 2020, and the registration file from October 27, 2020. So you've got... Yeah, go ahead. Let me provide some context there. So Georgia law says you cannot be making changes to the voter registration file after a certain day in October. So there shouldn't be any changes to that. So if I do a compare of your voter history file, which is the file that tells you uh, who got credit for voting, all those registration numbers should be in your voter registration file. And if there's 4,000 of them that aren't, we're asking the question, Brad, tell us, how right. does that happen? Well, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it happens. I'll tell you, so in case Brad's so misconstrued or he's caught up in, he's watching Fox and he doesn't realize anything's going on in the world. Um, Brad, here's your state numbers. These are these are the cyber numbers that we have. Okay, the um, the big lie says says Biden won by eleven thousand seven hundred seventy nine votes. Everybody, you can find this on FrankSpeech.com. We've got it up there. You go to fix 2021st and then you go over by the um, uh, you click on state by state results. The real truth. In Georgia, everybody, is Donald Trump won 2,669,000 to 2,266,000. Donald Trump won Georgia by 403,000 votes, period. You get rid of the machines and you, and you get rid of the machines and you have to clean those voter rolls and you clean them up. That's what we have to do, everybody, before the next election or we lose our country forever. It was a very simple process, Brian. You're going to have to trust me on this. I've spent almost $30 million now on this thing in every state. I've hired more cyber guys than I know and more lawyers than I know what to do with. And uh, we've got right now, if you take uh, with all, all the machines, that are, the only way that they could that they did this was through the machines, but we have to get rid of them. And the, the way they the way they pulled this off, it was the perfect storm. Let's do let's use uh, the China virus as an excuse. That's another reason. It wasn't just because big pharma everybody wanted to make all the money on with Pfizer, Moderna, and all these things. That's why they lied to us and told there was no therapeutics out there that worked. They did that for another reason too. They want if if we didn't have the China virus problem, you could you wouldn't have all these names to use these mail-in ballots and these and these uh, and to pull things these you know uh, phantom voters is what they're called. What they've done when we found out in our canvassing, you guys, when we've canvassed in almost I think it's forty-six states now we've canvassed in with Cause of America and throughout all the all the grassroots. What we find is people, it's a lot of people we get to and they say they didn't vote. They didn't vote and they go, oh, no, it says here you voted. You know, so there was that going on. And then there was all these people, nine people. You said those parking lots in Georgia and those uh, businesses, they used just the address and then they filled them with names. You know, they filled them with names. But you guys, so you had to have names to go with the computers to be able to plug in the names 
to uh, to inflate it and the and inflate the voter rolls. Use the computers. You could never have a mass scale um, of this size, of this magnitude, of the biggest crime in history. You couldn't have done it just by with people. That's why we have the best replacement system ever, Brian. I don't. You see, we've uh, we went and we've got paper. That well, who makes the best paper? Well, it's money. If you get a check, you have all kinds of things. But money you trust because they have all the things in there and all this stuff. And it gets counterfeit. And then they come up with something that's better, right? Well, we have the paper now that's on, it's like money on steroids, right? Then we combine that with the best camera systems. Who has the best security in the world? Who's 10 years ahead of everybody? In Australia, they'd probably say, say the Australian government, but it's casinos. Casinos have the best security. We combine the technology with that, and then once you once you do your audit, you count the votes that day or that night, once they're counted, now it gets uploaded onto the internet finally. When it's all done from this way back, right? It's very visual, we can all see it. And then here's what happens. There's another security thing. If you and I have the same concert ticket, when that goes, it gets uploaded, I can look at my vote, I can, I can, it's one vote. It's just me. If you and I take concert tickets, we both try and go through at the same time. Only one of us gets hit. So this, when it gets uploaded, that all matches perfect because you've already got the audit here. You want to go back? You can see the audit. The, the ballots are all in, in sequence. They've all got they've got marks on them. They've got minerals on them. It's amazing. So what we're doing is we're going to go across the United States. We're going county by county. We go in there, we show them their, what happened in their own county. Like you said, if I went to Georgia and you said all those counties were with about 15% went from Republican to Democrat, except for six counties. If you went, if, if you went into, if those six counties probably went the other way because it was so heavy Democrats, so they're just balancing the water, you know, balancing the water. If you went there and you canvassed, you would find everything you canvas matches that 15%. I guarantee it because we went down to one of the biggest ones now is defend, defendflorida.org. We went and met with them. And are you familiar with them? Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, they are amazing because they've done 38 counties out of Florida's, I think, 67 counties. So they've wow. massively 20-some thousand doors knocked on. Or, you know, names, name, 20-some thousand names checked out. So when you go to Canvas, you knock, you say, hey, is this you? Do you live here? Where's your other nine people? Sorry, they don't live here. 4,700 of them are phantom voters. 4,700. They either don't live in Florida anymore. They've deceased. They might be a, even a minor. They just use their names. Florida was terrible because they, they they wanted Florida. That's why it took so Florida so long for Fox to call. That uh -huh. uh, you know, they, Brandon. Let's see what what did Fox say? Do we have that? What they did on the night of the election? Yeah, when we go were back. For go Florida? back and play that. Pull that clip and play when that. We were when we were waiting for Florida's results back then. What did what did Fox? What happened back then? Uh, 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 every time. Uh, every time Fox News from from from. November fourth, but actually Fox went. Fox did come out of their hole about uh, about a week ago. Everybody, Brian, you might have heard this down in Arizona. This is what you don't hear on Fox, or or, or Newsmax for that matter. Um, so here we're down in Arizona. You see, they came out and with a, de a, de a declaration to decertify Arizona. Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, well, that's because you you got to quit watching Fox. You better watch FrankSpeech.com. Okay. Yep. They they came out with a declaration to decertify Arizona. Do you know what Fox did say there? We can't even show the E because Fox came out and said that Donald Trump lied about Arizona. They, he lied about Arizona and all his supporters like us, right? So, yeah. and, and, and here, so here's a decertification where they listed off facts just like you have of Georgia. These are just facts right from the thing. Show us where your data, because this data shows you need to pull down Georgia. You know, if this data that you got from the Secretary of State of Georgia, you need to decertify Georgia. I'll give you some more news. Just this Saturday, I was in, uh, did a speech in Wisconsin, and, 
And uh, Tim Rantham, he's a representative there. He also is putting up a bill to decertify Wisconsin. And uh, all he needs is a senator to get that to the floor. Well, I got news for everybody. Um, Frank's speech is going to be in Georgia. I mean, I'm not going to even say where and what we're doing, but it's 9 o'clock. We're going to interview people, some people in Georgia. It'll be everyone. It'll be 9 a.m. or let's see, 8 a.m. Central Time. Brandon, 8 a.m. What time do you want to get up, Brandon, for this interview? <laughs> but we're going to be there, Brian. Uh, uh, do you live in Georgia? No, I live in North Carolina now. And by the way, his, my, his wife is now, a, his wife is a nurse. With all the foolishness going on with the mandated vaccines, she quit her job because she doesn't want to get the vax, and now she's running for U.S. Congress in North Carolina. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell Get her name and everything. Where do we find her? I'm going to endorse her sight on scene. <laughs> well, you should I mean, talk to her, Mike. She, she's a wonderful human. I love her. Uh, I, okay. Actually, she, I better. Her. I better. You know what? I better talk to her and stuff because I got myself in trouble the other day before I vetted this guy, and I found out he was against the election and blah blah blah. It was a mess, Brandon. I forgot to tell you that. She's I already been endorsed by Seth Keschel. Okay. Yeah, you have to introduce me. I am going to say this as long as we're talking about endorsements. I I have not endorsed anyone. There was a lot of confusion in Ohio. Everybody. Now, no one is endorsed by me in Ohio. I'm going to just leave it at that. I know I'm going to be up there speaking, but there was uh, there was a lot of confusion, and I'm going to leave it at that. And uh, so I know I get my phone gets blown up all the time, and uh, I've learned my I've learned my lesson. I want to meet the meet the person, get to know what they are, because there's three things. I will never endorse anyone just because they're a Republican. I want everyone to make clear on this. I said it to one of the rotten journalists that called me the other day and said, Mike, how come you're not endorsing this person, the president? I said, I don't endorse a Republican just because they're going to win. I think we learned our lesson with Rassenberger, uh, Brian Camp, uh, Doug Ducey, all these politicians. And I don't care if that Republican's going to win. I want my, I have my Christian values come first. And then the values of where, where I'm at. I, I'll give an example, everybody. This was two years ago. There was a, It was in 2018, or three years ago now, or whatever. And this gal wanted me to endorse her. She was running for something, in, I think, in New York. And she says, Mike, will you come and will you endorse me and come to do an event for me? I said, I said no. I said, you're, uh, you're pro-choice. And I, she said, no, I'm not. I'm right in the middle. I said, what are you, half kill a baby? I said, no, I'm not endorsing you. I said, here would be the headlines on CNN. Mike Lindell backs a Republican and goes against his Christian values. So what I say, everyone, right now is you will never see me backing any um, Republican, not only going against my Christian values, but listen to me closely, anyone that says that Biden won this election because he did. He lost this election. It was the biggest crime in the history and when you ask him, when you ask him that, when you ask him that, when you want to pick a candidate, say did did Biden win? And then you say, and if they say, well, I'm going to do a lot for election integrity. You look at their track record. What have they done in the past, and what are they going to do from this day forward? And maybe you wait a few days and see if they jump on, especially your legislators. Brandon, um, I know we got to go. The music is playing. Brian, thank you. I want to talk to Mike. We'll connect after the show. Um, you know. That sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Thank you. God bless you. I'm Brandon. I want to do a quick call to action for everybody. If you're in Wisconsin, everybody, go to, I want you all to go to frankspeech.com, go down to Wisconsin, call all of your legislatures and get them to sign on with Tim Rathman to pull down Wisconsin. Absolutely. Wisconsin. And he Same will be thing. with me tonight at 7.30, and Tina Peters will be with me at about 7.45 tonight. Yeah, we didn't even get to uh, Brant, Brant. We're going to have Brandon. I'm glad you got them on. Tina Peters announced today she's running for Secretary of State of Colorado. I endorsed her. I endorsed her that second I heard this. Great news. Um, so, and then the other, there's a lot of other calls to actions. We'll have to leave for tomorrow night. Brandon, why don't I get a hold of you after the show and maybe you can put up the call to action. So Excellent. we're going to keep this music thing on time, everybody. We, uh, 
We got. We can't keep rolling over into Diamond and Silk show that Brandon does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get scolded when that happens. Yeah, well, you you do not. You do not want to be scolded by Diamond and Silk, Mike. <laughs> oh, just stay on time, Brandon. I'm going to do it for you today. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank All you. Right. That's Everybody. the. Li that's the Lindell Report. Be sure to support Mike's work, won't you? And the network at the same time. MyPillow.com, promo code L77. Start that music again, Logan. Promo code L77. That's the Lindell Report. Thanks for watching. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.